When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What nice. Good morning, Cowboy Nation. Good morning to you. Yes, our team is flawed. But guess who has even more problems than we do? Cry, Eagles, cry. Last night in Seattle, the Philadelphia Eagles lost to a team that had lost four straight. A team forced to play its backup quarterback, Drew Locke. Why, Eagles, why? Sigh, Eagles, sigh. Would you believe the Dallas Cowboys are back in first place in the NFC East? No doubt San Francisco is better than Dallas, at least for now. But the Beagles, I I mean the Eagles, are not better than the Cowboys. Fly, Seahawks, fly. Drew Locke, Seahawks, outscored the Eagles 10 to nothing in last night's fourth quarter and won it or stole it 20 to 17. Here were the two throws Drew Locke made on the final drive to win it. The first to DK Metcalf on third and 10. Woo, here we go. Yep. And then the second to JSN for the game winner. What a throw and what a catch, a snatch of a catch that was. Game into when Jalen Hurts was intercepted for the second time in the fourth quarter, both by Seahawks safety Julian Love. Who managed on the last one to toe-tap both feet down in bounds? So, Richard Sherman, good morning to you. And by the way, good morning to Keyshawn. He can't wait to jump on this one. But, Richard, you were there last night in Seattle, so you go first. What was your biggest takeaway? Well, I mean, I told you the Seahawks would fight. Their backs were against the wall, and that's exactly what they did. They played really good um, defensively. Uh, Kenneth Walker to third was really dynamic the entire game. DK Metcalf found his rhythm in the fourth. Uh, obviously, the play to JSN was there. Uh, defensively, Julian Love and Quandre Diggs and Bobby Wagner and the boys, uh, they made it hard for him. You know, they, the Eagles had some success running the football, but when they got into the red zone, the defense stood pat. They got some important stops near the end. I mean, this Eagles team, I, I want to say, has looked really good early on and has been – stagnant as of late they haven't scored more than 20 points in the last three games uh they scored 13 at your dallas cowboys 19 against the san francisco 49ers and and some of that was garbage time yards and then they go on to score 17 this game so uh yeah if i was eagle an eagles fan i'd be pretty concerned because i don't see any immediate answers i don't see any immediate answers i don't see see quick fixes you know, they were healthy, relatively healthy offensively. Obviously, Jalen is under the weather. So that's a that's a factor to some degree. But he wasn't under the weather against Dallas. He wasn't under the weather against San Francisco. Nope. And the, the results were honestly just about the same. So mm. not right now, Skip. I don't think they should be the favorites. Mm. You know, they're not the favorites, right, Richard? That's just not. Just right. like the Dallas Cowboys, right. even on paper, and I hate to go here with you, Skip, but you tried to slide it in. No, I just they are. stuck it in. Well, you tried to slide <laughs> yeah, it in. Yeah, I stuck the knife You in. know and I know that the Dallas Cowboys are not going to win the division because guess what? The Philadelphia Eagles control their own destiny as Do far they? as winning the – Do they really? Dude, they got the Giants sandwiched in between the Arizona Cardinals. You think they can beat the home. Giants twice? Yes. They think they can beat the Giants at the Giants? Absolutely. I'm not so sure about I am. that. I am, but last night's game, Seattle won the game. There's no question about it. They ran the football down the throats of the Philadelphia Eagles. They also targeted in coverage James Bradbury. They found him. Five completions, five targets, 100 yards, and a touchdown. Mm. However, when you talk about just the little things, Richard, at the, in the secondary. You win. The, the first interception, there's a grab and a hold. The little guy's got to, he's got to fight through that. You got to understand and knock that ball down. Just grab Bradbury or Julian Love and bring Julian Love down to the ground and take the 15-yard penalty on offense. Live to see another down. He's got to understand that. Secondly, 
Deep down the right sideline, late in the game, DK Metcalf. Don't close your eyes. Okay, yeah, he's a big body. Go through him. That's the difference between the NFL game when I play and where it's at now. If that's a receiver at, back in the day going on that sideline, you're going to get splattered. It looked like he closed right. his eyes and didn't want to hit DK. Mm -hmm. Easy catch. Now you're in position. They're in position to win the football game. But back to the rush defense over the last three weeks, the Eagles have given up 145 yards on the ground per game. You cannot win that way. You just can't. They've got to fix that. Yeah, they thought they fixed it with Matt Patricia. He dialed up some interesting stuff there, Richard, here and there, where they put some pressure on Locke and they got to him and they disrupted some things on third downs. It looked good for a minute, but when it counted most, Bill Belichick wasn't standing there on that sideline. And so, look, Philadelphia's got to fix some things, and I think they got three weeks to do it, three games left, the Giants, Arizona Giants, and I believe that they will. They may not go far come playoff time if they don't fix it, but they're going to win the division, Skip. I'm mm -hmm. sorry. I'm sorry to break the news to mm. you. They're going to win the division. Mm. I'm sorry to break your spirit, your will, and your heart. Ultimately, I don't think they will. But I have first guessed this from the start. What did I tell you before the season started sitting right here in this chair? The Eagles defense is overrated. It's such a disaster that I've never heard of this before. But Nick Sirianni changed defensive coordinators in December. Have you ever heard this? You guys played this game a long time. Some, I, some I, teams switch up some stuff. No, not like that. The defensive coordinator, you switch him out, you send him upstairs in late December, and all of a sudden you bring in Coach Pencil, and he's down there with this pencil behind his ear. And what happened? The same stuff kept happening because what did Debo call James Bradbury? Remember that? Gettable, right? Well, no, he just what said he trash. He just trash. called him trash. trash. And he looked like a little bit of trash. I know that's a strong <laughs> word, but on that Jeez. final play. Well, well, he did. He got smoked, and he was getting smoked a lot last night. So the point is, I first guessed this going back six weeks ago because I kept sitting in the same chair morning after morning. I kept telling you guys, wait a second. Did you see what the Eagles got away with yesterday and yesterday and yesterday? They went four straight games in which they trailed at halftime and they got outgained by their opponent four straight times. And they won all four games because their quarterback made magic in the third quarter, fourth quarter, late in the game, whenever he needed to make magic. And Jalen Hurts has returned to earth. I looked up last night and realized that Jalen Hurts is now tied with Josh Allen and a couple of others for the league lead in turnovers. He is turning over the ball at a very high rate. So I kept saying, wait a second, the Eagles are teetering. They're on the edge of the cliff. They're walking that tightrope and they're on borrowed time. And all of a sudden their time ran out because Wait a second, as Richard just pointed out, not only have they lost three straight games, they can't score. They're under 23 straight games. As Richard pointed out, 19, 13, and 17, they got all these weapons. They got A.J. Brown. What's Michael calling him? I don't even know what it is. Something about something, 11, A.B. 11, or whatever it is. He's there, 11 from Evan. Michael Irvin, love you, man. But, <laughs> but they got that guy, and they got Devontae, and got on his back, and Swift is running the ball like Taylor Swift sing songs. You know, it's like they, they got it all. And they got the best offensive line in football. And they got this guy. And wait a second, didn't they go get Kevin Byard? And you guys said, uh-oh, Dallas is in trouble because they got Kevin Byard. And then they went and got Shaq Leonard. Uh-oh, Jerry should have gotten Shaq Leonard. They're in trouble now. Well, they play. They've been playing. They played last night. Shaq played a bunch of plays last night. And it didn't seem to fix the problem because they just got problems on defense. I think they got problems as a football team. I haven't been impressed with them for six, well, now seven straight weeks. I, I, I don't know. It's just clear to me that Dallas is better than Philadelphia. So, Keyshawn, well, you better be right. They better be able to beat the Giants uh, one uh, out uh, of two. I mean, two out of two yeah, and, but, and hope they don't lose one. It, it, yeah. I, I think they will, Skip. I, they'll win out, to, and, and I, I believe you guys will lose to, to Miami or Detroit or both. Um, oh, God. And that's oh. unfortunate. Just, I mean, if they go both, that'd be, oh, wow. be a world oh, wow. way to go into the playoffs. But, yeah. um, but I don't think Philadelphia will be confident going into the playoffs with the, with the division win or not. You know, that'll be one of them times because of what has happened the last three games. You know, they, they've gotten beaten handedly. 
handily. Mm -hmm. And so they don't feel confident they can be. I definitely, they don't feel confident they can beat Dallas right now. Definitely not in Dallas. No. They don't feel like they can beat San Francisco well, they're anywhere. They're not in the same league um, as San Francisco. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, and, and, and now even Seattle, you know, they won't play Seattle, but Seattle will feel like they can get a win there too. And so I just don't see answers. And that's the concerning part. When you lose two coordinators like they did um, in Shane Steichen and Gannon, yep. uh, you're going you're gonna to see regression. You're going to see people trying to figure it out. But this is late in the season. This is late in the season where it's like, hey, you should have already had a rhythm by now. You should already have things figured out. And last week, I mean, this week, they tried to protect Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts has struggled mightily in these games. Jalen Hurts has thrown one touchdown in the last three games and two interceptions. He's run it in a few times with he the has. tush push, um, but he hasn't thrown for touchdowns. I mean, he threw under 200 yards the past two games. He threw for 298 against San Francisco, but most of those are garbage time yards where the game was already decided. So this game, obviously, he wasn't under, you know, he was under the rest because he had the flu, he's sick. So they didn't want to push the ball down the field. They didn't want to put him in situations where he had to really go out there and, and quarterback. So they ran the ball a lot. But then they got behind the sticks. They got behind the, the eight ball, and he had to throw it. And those were the passes that got intercepted. Those yeah. were the passes where they struggled, and they started to go three and out. And that's the concern because you do have all day always open A.J. Brown. You do have all your offensive weapons. And it doesn't seem like the play calling is where it needs to be or where it was last year. See, I thought I thought outside the two interceptions, I thought he played. I thought he played a pretty decent football game. I really did. Um, you know, considering here's a guy who flew across the country separate from the team. He was under the weather. He didn't practice a couple of days throughout the week. So I thought he played okay, Richard. Look, in the end, when you look at this football game. Drew Locke led them on a 92-yard drive or whatever it was, it was late in the game. Yep. That doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. It happened to Philadelphia. They, they didn't play certain things on the defensive side in coverage that I thought they should have been playing. It didn't happen for them. But I'm not so panicky about whether or not come playoff time if they can advance out of a wild card win to a divisional round and maybe even an NFC championship game. Here's why, though. Because they'll have home field advantage throughout, except San Francisco have the number one seed. The Cowboys are not, right? Richard, you say, well, they right. Skip says the Cowboys are better than them. Here's the problem, though. The Cowboys beat them in Jerry's world. They won't be playing them in Jerry's world if they're so lucky to get past the Saints or the Buccaneers come playoff time when they got to go on the road. Now, when you fast forward it to San Francisco, San Francisco went into Philadelphia and handed them a real you-know-what kicking. They did. So that's a different conversation about San Francisco versus Philly. Philly versus the Cowboys is a different conversation as well, which to me seems like you want the Cowboys to be better because they won at home. On the road, as we will get into, we know what that's all about, Skip. Yeah. They will have to be on the road Although. based on the scheduling and what we're looking at with two teams, the Giants and Arizona smashed in between, tells most of America that the Philadelphia Eagles will win the division mm -hmm. and the Cowboys will be on the road. Right. I bet you if you poll that, that poll is going to be high. Well, a lot of people lose a lot of money in Las Vegas betting on I, favorites, right? I'm just okay. – right. the schedule the schedule's in their favor. Uh, though, right. What's your eye the, test tell you about Philadelphia right now? Against the Giants? That, that looks like a bad football team. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It doesn't look like it, a it, bad it, football it, team. But it, it didn't look like – it's it, concerning. It took the Seahawks at the back end to win the game. Mm. The back end. Yeah, Key, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm with you. And, and it definitely did. But – but they were playing with Drew Locke at quarterback. I understand. You know, they could run this run this situation back. And no no offense to Drew Locke, but Drew Locke hadn't had a lot of reps this season. He didn't even know he was going to start until Geno said, I can't go on the field, in the stadium. And so they will they could potentially be the two seed and have to play this team again in Philadelphia. But with Geno Smith at the helm and a healthier team, a better team, a, a, a team that believes they can beat them. And so – I just don't see things offensively like it still was only 17 points. I mean, you won. They won with a 92-yard drive and all that. Cool. But it still was only 17 points. This defense, Seattle's defense has given up a, a lot more points than that on the season. And I think they got some things. Clint Hurt 
and company have gotten things fixed this week, and they figured some things out that they want to do and that they do really well. Jaron Reed is having a career year. Um, their edge rushers are really getting after the quarterback. But I think at the end of the at the end of the day, the Philadelphia Eagles you would have thought would have been more productive offensively, and Absolutely. that's the concern, Keith. Hey. That's the concern where it's like this is translating week after week after week, home away. The, the Seahawks had lost four straight games. The Seahawks resorted. They were forced to play Drew Locke at quarterback. And you can look it up. You can pull the tapes off this show before Drew Locke's draft. I'm just not a fan of his. I watched him a lot at Missouri. I just don't like his poise and his command and his accuracy. And I know he got weepy after the game on ESPN. It was great. And it was a big night for him. It's, it's his career night. But they had to let him hang in and hang in and hang in, hang around, hang around. And then he made the two, two big throws of his life to DK up the, the boundary on the first one. And he just sort of dropped it in the slot. It was single coverage and the safety couldn't get there. But the, the, then the, the last throw was, was the throw of his life. And JSN made one of the great catches because that's in the rain. Wasn't it raining, Richard? It looked like on TV the rain was coming down no, fairly no. hard. It, it- it rained early. It stopped raining late. It was. It was. I, pretty I don't clear, think. I, I'm on probably TV. Some miss, probably some miss. No, I saw rain on the last throw. I, I saw it was coming down fairly <laughs> significantly, but maybe that's just <laughs> always Seattle. Just always raining. But the, it always looks like that. Yeah. Okay. So the point is, the Eagles going there. They should have won that game by a couple of touchdowns over Drew Locke. Seriously. And look on on Jalen. But, but they. But, yeah. but see, you you keep saying Drew Locke. Yeah, they I'm got saying, other, but they got other players other than yeah, Drew Locke. They, the quarterback. they led on yeah. Walker running the football. Walker was gashing. Okay. They, he was gashing the Philadelphia Eagles. I just told you they'd lost four straight games. You've got to go in there. If you're that team, you go in there and you win that game by I, two. I I, we both, Richard they and I both talked. Could. We thought Geno might have a chance to play. It was 50-50. And I think Richard said, if Geno plays, I still got the Seahawks. And I said, well, I'm just picking with my heart. I'll just take the Seahawks anyway. But I thought if Geno can't play, I got no shot. Well, they had control yeah. of the game, Skip, to the end. They were in control of the game. They were in control of the game. Who, who was? Philadelphia. Philadelphia was oh, in I thought you meant Seattle. Okay. No, they were in control no, of the game. No, I know. I just said they let them hang around. They didn't score enough points like Richard said on offense. If they score one more touchdown in the 24, they probably win the game. Or a field goal and make it 20, they probably win the game. It didn't. Feel like, and I was there, and I'm watching the complexity. I feel the energy of the stadium, and it never felt like they were totally in control. It felt like they got the touchdown, and they like had a sigh of relief when they got that touchdown and yep. put them up 17 to 10. You could feel them like, oh shoot, like thankfully we're we're gonna get out of this with with the win. Then Seattle drove the ball down the field. They got in a sticky situation with a fourth and two. Pete decided to kick the field goal, and then with two minutes to go, they had the 92 yard drive to to, to win it. And I still felt like Seattle felt like they could win that game. Even with the way Drew Locke had been playing, they felt like they were teetering and that Philadelphia was teetering on on the edge of falling off a cliff in this game. And that's what happened. You saw the big play to DK Metcalf. It just took Drew Locke taking the opportunity to take the shot. He had to take the shot. And throughout the game, they were playing two rookie corners to the boundary the entire game and Ricks and uh, Keely Ringo. And so... Bradbury had to travel to the field. It was a weird setup. It's not the yep. setup they usually have when Slay's out there. They don't they don't travel that way. Maybe Slay follows the one, or they find their matchups and they follow guys, but they don't play field boundary like college football. And that's what was happening. And they finally Seattle finally figured that out and started to look the safety off, push the ball down the field, and lo and behold, things work. But it takes Pete to get in those situations where it's back against the wall before he takes shots with his quarterback that he doesn't really trust that way. Yep, he didn't have a choice but to trust Drew Locke to push the ball down the field. So earlier in the game, Pete's going to say, hey, we're going to run the ball, trust our defense to get turnovers, and win this game the old-fashioned way. But in this situation, he said, hey, Drew, here, the, the reins are off, the, the, the shackles are off, go for it. Push the ball down the field, let's see what happens, and that's what happened. Richard, it was third and ten on both those big throws. So you had no choice. You, you had to try something, right? Third and ten right. and third and ten on the big one to DK and the big one to JSN. Third and ten. It skips. He, he had to put he, and two. You know, Skip, you, you talk about the three straight losses by the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. There's another team in the conference that had three straight losses and mm-hmm. went to Jacksonville 
and got their medicine and been rolling ever since. Right, but that was about I, some injuries. All I, I heard was no I, Debo, it, no it, Trent. I understand. You you claim it was about injuries. I, I get mm -hmm. all of that. Yes, there were some guys that were missing. Their defense was not playing well. They brought the coach down. Now, all of a sudden, the defense looks like a certain type of team again. My whole point to this is Philadelphia has lost three in a row. They have medicine coming. It's called Giants. Yes, they do. Arizona Giants. <laughs> I'm just I'm just letting you know. So don't That's get right. all, you know, all uppity about where they're at versus what. Because you got to play in Miami. Okay, but the Giants have won play, three in a row before they had to go to New Orleans. And they got do sainted. You, do you really think that the Giants yeah, are going to give Philadelphia mm -hmm. – Come on. Absolutely, you, you don't believe I do. that. You I do believe, because no, it's division look, rivalry. You don't believe that. What you don't believe that, Skip. And you got to look hard at Philadelphia. They have lost their okay. way. They have lost their faith. They have lost their confidence. We're going to talk about Jalen in a little while. We'll go deeper into this. But now he's questioning the team's commitment. I don't know exactly how you define commitment, hey. but something is awry. It's a miss. This it's is off. This is a no-win part of the schedule for for the Eagles. That's the only part that's concerning, Key, because they they can't even like boost their confidence in this part of the oh, schedule. Understand. They they can only it's a no-win. So even when they win, it'll be like they didn't win by enough. And if they somehow stumble on one of these games and lose, then it's like like the house is on fire and the house yeah, is kind of on fire I, as I, is. I, I look at I look at the situation, and I'm sure you do too. These two teams that they're playing have nothing to play for. Zero. 100%. They have nothing to play for. I understand, well, they want to be spoilers. Division. Man, them dudes is getting ready. They thinking about Christmas. And they thinking about New That's Year's. Fair. And they thinking about what they going to do doing Super Bowl if they going out of town or going to Super Bowl. Let's be honest here. Let's, let's really be honest as ex-players that have been in these situations late in the game. You try to stay healthy. You worried about those sort of things. And that's pretty much it. And you want to put good film out there. But in the all-all, 53 people ain't having the same common goal. They just not at this late in the year mm. when you have nothing to play for. It's Giants, Eagles. It's NFC. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. You would want it to be that way, of course. It will be. I, and Tommy I, DeVito is playing for his think. NFL life. So I, I expect him to have two very big games against the Eagles. You want a better dinner on that? Everybody Do you want to bet some more dinners? Yeah, I'll bet the Giants win one of those two games. We can bet. bet okay, we can bet. Which I'll one you want? Too, if Which if one you want? You want, in, I, I, you want it care. in the Meadowlands or you want it at home? No, I want one of two for I'm, a dinner. One of two Which one dinner. you want? I, I got both of them. They're ten and a half point dogs at, at Philly. Ten and a half points. Will you give me the ten and a half? That's not what we, we don't bet. <laughs> no, I don't give no points. Oh, we don't bet. We, 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 no, this no is not Vegas. Okay, well, it can this be. This is a studio at Fox on Pico right. and Motor. I'll take a dinner right now that the Giants will win one of Jeez, the two. Jeez, give me a location in, Keith. Bet. Jeez. Well, everybody, all you got to do is I'll take that bet. You both want it? Oh, yeah, I'll take it all day long. I, I, was, I, I guess you'll take Arizona coming out of a dome and going to Philly, too, huh? I will not take that one, but I'll take the Giants. One of two. Just one of two. That's all I need. <sighs> go, Giants, go. Fly, Giants, fly. And speaking now everybody's of the, flying. Yeah, everybody's flying. Seahawks are flying. Giants are flying. Eagles not flying. <laughs> okay, enough of us for a while. It is your turn. Hashtag Undisputed Life. Here we go with the first tweet. Skip and Cowboy Nation right now. Mortimer, we're back. Where is Michael Irvin when we need him? Where is Playmaker? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay. Back doing what? Back in first place? This? Oh, well, if it ended today, we're in first place. We win But guess what, Skip? It okay. doesn't it end doesn't, today. But we are in first place oh, in late okay. December. All right, hang Much to your chagrin. Yeah, you hang the banner. We're about to talk about that. All right, second tweet from Scott. Here is the guy from Undisputed who told Pete Carroll to take a late deep shot with Drew Locke. Richard Sherman saw the weakness in the Philly secondary. There it is, right there for all to see. Way to go, Richard. You saved the day. We had a great conversation. Did you? But, but I didn't tell him to do that. Okay. All right. Fair enough. And finally, from Big Russ, I love this one. Eagles and Cowboy fans trying to argue about which team sucks more. <laughs> That's truer words than ever spoken. That's what we're doing. Right? Trash, huh? Yeah, we're just all trash. 
<laughs> Look at the little one. Yeah, <laughs> Look at the little trash can. Where's Bubba Dub when we needed him? We're all trash. We got it. Okay. Jeez. Speaking of trashy, the Lakers made quite a weird production out of raising their new in-season tournament oh banner before last night's home game. Then they lost to the Knicks, dropping the Lakers to one and three since beating Indiana in that quote-unquote championship game. So, Richard Sherman is a lifelong Laker fan from L.A. Were you okay with this big championship banner ceremony? Skip. Skip. I'm glad we lost. I, you know, very infrequently. Okay. I'm rarely ever happy we lost. Yeah, I got but it. But I hope that was a signal that you shouldn't have. The great Kobe Bean Bryant is rolling over in his grave. Yep. As we, we raised this banner for an in-season tournament, he specifically said on camera multiple times, this franchise, which is the only franchise he ever played for, only raised his championship banners. I can't imagine if he was here, if, if, if he'd be on this show right now. He'd probably be in the Lakers facility tearing it down. because. Would. Yeah, because yeah. you only raise championship banners. You don't raise division banners. No. You don't raise conference championship banners. You don't raise anything but the world championship banners. And that shows a different quality to your players. A different you only you only retire numbers of Hall of Famers. That shows a different quality of your organization and how you do things. You do it in a championship manner. An in-season tournament banner. Whoa, Skip. It has come to this, Keyshawn. Oh, stop, Skip. Yep. This is a small scratch on an elephant, man. Oh, is it? Yes, absolutely, 100%. I don't think you love it. I don't it. have a – look, I don't have a problem with it. I have a problem with the location of Thank it. Thank you. The location of it is – I'm like, nah, not next to that. It just doesn't even look, it look out of place. Move it on the other side of the arena or something like that. I don't have a problem – with them doing it all. It's that's not next to the five from Minneapolis, I think. Yeah, but that's still, that still does it. It's still in the I, wrong still, position. I got you. Right? It just is. Um, but that's not why they lost the game. They lost the game because they didn't play well. They allowed Jalen Brunson to do his deal. They allowed Julius Randle to do his deal. He always does although, against the Lakers. Although yep. it's, it's, it's little head-scratching and mind-boggling that LeBron had a triple-double, but he was minus 13. Well, so, look what he shot. Yeah, eight, 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 eight. What was he, two of eight from, from three? three and 10 or 23 from the floor. That's not LeBron. That's not good. No. That's why you lost the game. It had nothing okay. to do with the banner. It had something to do with Bro. the way D'Lo played, the way they played. You know, Cam Reddish, not Cam Reddish, but, uh, um, oh, God, my, my brain. Uh, Cam Reddish. No, Prince. Prince shooting, what are you shooting, 13 threes? Like, come on. You, yeah. When did it all of a sudden become okay for him to shoot 13 threes? I think Darvin's green lighting him. He's but probably, that's a bunch of, why, probably when we, when we start hanging up in-season banners. That's, that's why you lose, though. You lose to the Knicks because of that. Yep. Not because of a banner. Now, look, they're one in three. I said it before. Maybe we got to, outside the locker room, put it something of a reminder it's tournament season. When they walk out, they look up, they see it, and all of a sudden, they register. But, but in all honesty, Anthony Davis has been playing well. Got to give him some. He's been playing well. LeBron, for the most part, has been playing well. I don't like the minus 13, although, and I don't like shooting the, the eight threes and only knocking down two of them. But, you know, hopefully we can turn things around, man. Just hopefully we can turn it around. I'm sure you can, but Darvin talked after the game about we're fatigued. We've been on the road a lot. Well, a lot of that is because of the in-season tournament. You had to go to Las Vegas and get up for those games. Maybe you're a little bit drained right now, but I'm just saying there's been some aftershock from it, some after effects, some hangover from it because LeBron got everybody way up for that tournament, right? And, And I'm not condemning him for it. He decided, let's go win this. It was a big deal. Maybe it, it will serve them well way down the road in June. But back to Richard's point, I thought the Lakers were about June, not December. So, it, it's, I, look, Keyshawn, I got asked on my podcast last week, 
if Michael Jordan had had an in-season tournament, how would he have handled it? Well, he would have said, I, I hate it, but if you're going to make us play it, I'm going to go win it. But as soon as he won it, and however many years you'd, you'd put it in front of him, he'd just go win it. Then he would say, over my dead body, are you going to raise a banner over this? Because it's ridiculous. But if you're going to make us play it, we'll go, we'll play it and we'll win it because it's, to use Michael's favorite derisive word, it's cute. Oh, it's we, cute. We, we, we don't us. really know why the banner was raised. We just know we won the NCAA No, tournament. we don't. And the reason I say we don't know why is because there could have been a little bit of, of um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Encouragement Skip? from Encouragement the Encouragement from yeah. people around the well, league from saying, the hey, from yeah. the commissioner's yeah. office, the, you know, validate, saying, hey, validate, validate yeah. this. Buy into this. And, this is going yeah. to be good for us. Right. So we really don't know why. We really don't. Put a, put a sticker. Put a sticker on the floor. You know, maybe a little emblem in a corner somewhere. But banners got to mean something. And in L.A., they have meant something my entire, the entire time I've been alive. And the reason they meant something is because that's the kind of organization this has been since they've been in existence. They're quality. They go after the best players. They have some of the best players to ever play this game. You talk about the top 10 players in everybody's list, you're going to have at least two, three Lakers in it. Um, and so I just don't, I, 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 again, I'm trying to, to do my best to be representative of the great, late, great Kobe Bean Bryant to yeah. say, what are we doing, Lakers? What are we doing? You know, like Jeannie Buss is still there. She was there with Kobe. She knows. Like, don't, I don't care what the league said. They, hey, Y'all want us to hang up a banner? Well, we'll do it in June, right after we win the, the championship. And we'll hang it. It'll be okay, 18th. So to, 18th, it'll say world champion. Thank you. To Richard's point, I watched this thing live on the local telecast out here in L.A. And I'm, I'm just going through TV. I was not there. But it felt awkward to me for the fans. I could only see the sort of bottom deck fans. Yeah, they didn't see the, like they were into the, it. They, they were kind of politely yeah. applauding, yeah. Like, like, what are you supposed to do? You know, like, is this a big deal or no big deal? It seems like they're making a really big deal, so maybe we should try to get into it. But to Richard's point, and, and you guys are both lifelong, diehard L.A. born and raised, for for true Laker fans, it's just hard to to throw your emotions behind that and embrace and endorse it. it, right? it but, but I understand it, though. Yeah. That's the difference is I understand why they must have done it. And I understand it's an in-season championship tournament, a cup. I get it. It's not the final deal. You play seven games to win it. And they finished the deal at 7-0 and they won it. Yeah. And next year, if they win it, I'm sure that they'll – Lower another one, and then another one, and yep. another one. And I understand when you go back and you look at the history of the NBA and you look yep. at some of the great players on championship teams, we all assume yep. that they wouldn't embrace it because they're used to winning championships. Yep. But you're going to embrace it because they're asking you to embrace it Maybe. to help the league out potentially to move things forward. It's year one, Skip. Year one. Year five, six, seven, we won't even be having this conversation about if they should celebrate it. Mm. Okay, so what happened in the basketball game that ensued? Uh, at, at the end of the third quarter, it looked like the Lakers were in control, and all of a sudden they give up a 15-2 run to the Knicks, who have struggled of late. They've lost four out of six. So you give up a 15-2 run, and all of a sudden you go to the fourth quarter and you're in a bit of a hole. And to your point, Jalen Brunson in the fourth quarter is, is going cash. to he, he's going to seize the yeah, reins. If you give him an inch, he's going to take a mile. And he started taking a mile. And I thought LeBron did a lot of good things in the fourth quarter because he wound up scoring 11. He was four of eight, but he missed his two threes. And then AD was made all four of his shots and played pretty big in the fourth quarter, but it was too little too late. And then I'll show you. LeBron finally had one three. He was just cold from three last night. This was with 40 seconds left. And this is to cut it to two. So if you make this shot, I think you got a good shot of winning the game because you would have seized the momentum. And LeBron just said, I'm going to just pull right up and shoot a fairly deep uh. three, and he was wide left and a little short. All right? And then here we go again, same shot. And then AD, of all people, late it with 13 seconds left off an Austin Reeves missed three. He, he had, there's Austin Reeves miss it and kicks out to AD, and he just said, okay, I'll, I'll do this. And he makes one to cut it to three. But they, then they go to the other end. There's a take foul, and Josh Hart makes the two free throws, and that's it. It was too little, too late. Yeah, every time I look up, though, 
five is greater than two or three. Yeah. And what I mean by that is when you're not getting anything out of Cam Reddish in D in in in, in D Lo, you're not getting anything out of them. Nothing. No. And then you're getting a little bit out of Austin Reeves coming off the bench. Yeah. You got two other guys that's there, and then all of a sudden Prince is shooting the ball the way he's shooting it, which is not great. You're not going to win games doing that. No. You have to have your role players play a role, especially at home. I don't expect role players to play great on the road. Yeah. I expect role players to play great at home, something that did not happen last night. Okay. So, as you say, this is the first one of these. And I think the learn from this is, for LeBron and Darvin Ham, is it's going to take some out of you. You're, you're going to have to dredge it back up after this run to the championship in December. So you better be ready for a little hangover for the next couple of weeks. Well, maybe maybe, maybe it, the it league learns like something, he, too, though. The league yeah, I, I agree. No, the league I, may have learned, hey, we can't have a team that's in it potentially playing on the road after they win it because it yeah. trains them. Yeah. But you don't, you don't, you, I mean, you can't make a schedule like that, I don't think. I mean, you can't, with that foresight, you got to assume. Yeah. So I, I just don't get it because that's the frustrating part about this whole tournament and watching them play. And I said it wouldn't happen, Key and Skip. I, I said, like, they showed too much in that tournament. They showed, because they showed how hard they could play. Yeah. And you're not going to play like that every night. You're not even, I mean, sometimes they're not even 50% of what they were given in that tournament. And so, that's the frustrating part as a fan. You're like, you're watching them go through the motions again after watching them be NASCAR a few weeks ago. You're like, wait, what? What happened? Now we're in a uh, Honda Civic. We're not in a we're we're not in a pace car anymore. We're not. That is correct. What what are we doing? We're and, not we're not shooting efficiently. We forgot how to shoot. LeBron was four for four from three in in the quarterfinals of the tournament, yes. and now he's two for eight. It's like I, I don't get it. Yep. And by the way. The red-hot college rah-rah team that you beat in the championship game of the in-season tournament, the Indiana Pacers, Flat. last night at home they gave up 151 to James Harden and the Clippers. 151 at home. To who? James Harden. And who? The who was that? James Harden. Oh, okay. He did all that after the game was completely decided. He made six threes in the fourth quarter alone. Way to go, of course. All right, I can't wait for this. I think we've all three been waiting for this all show long. Micah Parsons on his weekly podcast blasts his critics, Ooh, including Richard. all three of us. Uh, he didn't mention my name. He said Richard Sherman and Skip Bayless. Is that what he said? Well, is he right? Yes, sir. Yeah. I will. No mercy. No mercy. No Here we go again. Micah Parsons on his podcast yesterday, his weekly podcast, lashed out at his critics. Here's what he had to say. What I understand is, like, everyone just waits for the Cowboys to lose. Um, I saw multiple analysts, people who are fake analysts, who somehow got jobs on TV saying, there goes your boy, like, it's almost to the point where it's like almost sick that they're waiting for another a former players are waiting for other current players to fail so that way they have something to talk about. Keyshawn Johnson. No, I'll give it to Richard, reaction. man. Don't give it to me. You, you want Richard to yeah, go? Let Richard, let Richard go. go. Give it to Richard. Fair enough. Go, Richard. Go. Give it to me. <sighs> Skip, uh, I, I don't want. I don't know. I don't know what to say about that, Skip, because I don't know who he's talking to. He didn't. He didn't give any names. No names. You know, stand yep. stand ten toes if you're gonna say what you got to say. Um, please mention me if you're talking about me. I, you know, I did. I, I don't remember saying there goes your guy. I do criticize the Dallas Cowboys when they lose because I'm on this show where Skip Bayless is gonna jump up and stand on the table and hoop and holler when they win. And so. Um, if you can't take criticism, then don't take the praise either. Yeah. Because when we're sitting here calling you defensive player of the year and they're saying you're the next Lawrence Taylor and, and, and all this, I don't see you sitting there saying, well, I don't deserve this praise. I don't, I don't deserve this. I'm not even in the same stratosphere as Lawrence Taylor. You just take the praise. But then when they criticize you for, not, for, for doing nothing in some of these games and yeah. having no statistical impact, um, then we're hating on a current player by being former players instead of un analyzing the situation, analyzing what you did, what your impact was as the best player on their team, and saying, 
they need their best player to play his best in order to win games. I think that's a fair analysis for anybody to make. And so if, if we're not allowed to ever criticize, this is football, we're only allowed to say positive things. Michael Parsons played great. Dak Prescott was, was phenomenal this week. And then when they don't play well, we got to say, well, Mike Par- Michael Parsons was great this week, and, and Dak Prescott played phenomenal. That's not what's going to happen. When you guys win, you get praised. When you don't win, they analyze why you didn't win. And usually it's because your best players didn't play their best. Mm-hmm. With great power, with great strength, with great talent comes great responsibility and accountability. Mm-hmm. And so you. You, it falls on your shoulder. You get credit. When y'all win, they, they, you're the first person they come to. That defense, Micah Parsons, they put you on the banner. They put you on the logo. They put your picture up when they're talking about the game. But when they lose, then you're going to take the brunt of it. That's just the game, kid. Like, you want to clearly be an analyst. You got your podcast. You're a fake analyst right now. And guess what? Yes. I mean, you get, you, you get to do what we're, what we're saying you need to do. If you win, you say why. If you lose, you say why. Yeah, it well, is what so it is. Can, can I say this you before go you right go? To do your thing. Just real quick, I want to say this on behalf of Richard Sherman and Keyshawn Johnson. When you did play this game at the highest level, when you chose to speak out, you both spoke out, as Richard said, with 10 toes on the ground. You stood up and you spoke out and you named names. If, if you chose... To criticize, you named names. You, you were as outspoken as it gets, you, Keyshawn, and you, Richard. But when you went, you went full force, everything that you had behind your quotes. And I always respected the heck out of both of you for that. I might not always agree with how you were speaking out about what, but you did it full force. You did not hide behind this or that, or maybe it was him, or maybe it was that, or fake analysts. Go ahead, Keyshawn. No, I, you know, look, here's, I want to start off by giving Michael Parsons a little bit of advice. As somebody who came into the league is as heavily scrutinized as any player that you would ever run into in your era, had to be one of the most polarizing players oh, of my era. Yeah, yeah, yeah me. You, yes. Yeah, me, yeah. First pick in the draft. And yep. scrutinized mm-hmm. for everything. Couldn't walk down the streets in New York without somebody saying this, that, and the other. What was the book that you wrote, though? Just give me the damn ball. Okay. Okay? And, and so, and it's still selling, by the way. It's Christmas time. <laughs> I should get a residual check at some point. Um, but when you look at it, you can't pay attention to people that you don't agree with when they say something about you as a player, both positively and negatively, in your mind. Because when you say fake analysts and some former players, now you're speaking to literally every network and every single player Mm -hmm. that are analysts. Skip is not an analyst. Skip is a journalist and a host. Different than me and Richard, players are typically analysts. When you get Michael Strahan, Rob Gronkowski, Keyshawn Johnson in the third person, you get Richard Sherman, Dan Orlowski, Ryan Clark, Swaggle. I mean, I can go on and on and on and on about names. Those are players that are analyzing, like Richard said, your ability to play and help your team win. But when we look at the numbers over the last three games, and you got three solo tackles, one sack in four quarterback hits in three games, but at the beginning of the season, I made you my MVP on the defensive side of the ball, and I made you the highest paid player in the history of the National Football League. But when you're doing this over three games, people are now going to dissect it, break it down, look at it and go, well, they left him unblocked. How come he didn't go make the tackle? Well, they left him unblocked. How come? Oh, they ran at him. He didn't do anything about it. That's what's going to happen. You cannot be so sensitive to guys that are doing their job that you go on your podcast, like Richard said, all of a sudden, you become a fake analyst because that's what people are going to say. You're a fake analyst because now you're analyzing what other people are doing and saying to do whatever for your podcast and uplift it, mm. which is okay. I'll come on. Just tell me. Hey, I'll come on with you anytime. Call me and let me know. But don't get caught up in that. Play football. Help the Dallas Cowboys win games on the road 
when it matters most, when Buffalo's gashing you for 266. Minimize that. Bring that down like you did against the Giants on opening day when you scored 40 and they scored zero and your defense was praised at the highest level. Or two weeks ago when you were the favorite in the MVP voting defensively as a defensive player of the year, according to Vegas. Do those things. Don't spend so much time and energy worrying about what somebody's talking about on some radio show or TV show. It, it serves you no it, purpose, it, young man. It Zero. serves absolutely no purpose. And, and you're not even, it, it, what, what, what you're saying isn't even accurate. What you're saying isn't even accurate. Hey, we wait for you to lose to talk about it. Well, I'm going to let you know, not on this I show. I actually and wait on this show, to lose. Uh, on so this I show, can't. Keith, 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 we don't get a choice. We, we don't get the wait. When they win, we got to talk about them. Yes. When they lose, we got to talk about them. When they're not even playing, guess what, Key? Yeah. We got to talk about them. Well, so what true. you're saying isn't even accurate because when you win, we do praise you. You get your credit. We talk about you. We talk about your team. We talk about what you did well, what you didn't do well. When you lose, we talk about you. So that's where it's frustration because you got to treat the two imposters the same because it almost seems weak-minded. It seems it seems you're fragile. It seems your ego is fragile. And it, it, it and players of your magnitude should not be this no. fragile or you shouldn't be sitting there talking about it on your podcast. You should go out there and let it motivate you, fuel your tank, go out there and have three sacks. And then after the game, you say, hey, what was y'all saying? You said I disappeared? Exactly. Well, well, it, well I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. In full transparency, though, to Skip and Michael, I certainly, sir, can't wait for them to lose okay. because <laughs> they get on my damn nerves. Okay. And they now have Yella, one of the one of Little Wayne's protégés, texting me last night when the Eagles lost, talking you know what to me. I'm like, man, come on, man. Y'all still, still are in second place, even though y'all in first place. No, we're in first place. Look, here's the point. You you try to do three game stats. I'm just talking about at Buffalo. Yeah, I gave Micah three Parsons games. had two unassisted tackles, period, end of story. Keyshawn, what's your favorite uh, expression about the, the player who stands around the pile or dies? Oh, a pile, pile inspector. He's a, a pile PI. Inspector. He going to inspect okay. the pile. Okay, Get in the action. Okay, Michael was inspecting the pile because both the assists were downfield. Like, I'm going to jump in here and I'm yeah. going to do this. Right? Pile inspector. Stop it. So here's what I want to say to and about Micah Parsons. I told Michael Irvin before this season started that I needed this year to be a crucial year for Micah Parsons when he grew up, wised up, rose up, and became the Michael Irvin of a leader that my Cowboys were lacking today. Because Michael Irvin was the locker room leader and the driving force of a dynastic Cowboy team. And I needed Micah to mature into that kind of leader this year. He's still childlike to me, and I don't understand the podcasting because, Micah, you've done nothing. You've done literally nothing. Going into last week, you were still the odds-on barely favorite to win Defensive Player of the Year, and I brought it up on the show, and, and Keyshawn asked me, really? Like, how? I don't know, and I couldn't defend it because I don't know how because he doesn't deserve it because he's done literally nothing so far in his career and very little this year. He had the play that ended the Seattle game, but the harder I looked at it, I, I don't know what they were doing. They didn't even block him on the last play of the game when he got to Geno. Come on, I, I don't know. Surely you can pull that off. So what did Patrick Mahomes do? I, I admired this, thanks to Lee Steinberg, who I've known forever. They, they made sure that Patrick Mahomes did no national TV ads until he actually broke through and won that Super Bowl that Richard participated in. And after that, here the, the floodgates open, and he's on all the State Farm, and we got it because he earned the right. Micah has earned the right to do none of the above, and it, it hurts my soul because he's lashing back at critics saying, basically, wait a second, you're criticizing me because I disappeared on Sunday, and I did disappear? Yeah, you disappeared. What else can we say about you? Two unassisted tackles and getting blown off the ball. They're just running the ball at you at will. And to, to my eye, it looks like Michael looks up, and if he sees a ball carrier coming in his direction, 
he just sort of ceases and desists. He just starts backing up like, I, I, I don't do this. I, I don't do windows. I, I don't do the dirty work here. I give up. If you want to run the ball at me, I'm, I'm not going to get my hands dirty and try to mix and, it up. And what did you say, Keyshawn, on Monday? The great Lawrence Taylor, you try to run the ball at him, He's going to tear your ass up. It's not even, running, it's not yeah. even running the ball at him. I, and, and I don't even want to talk about LT. I'm just talking about guys yeah. at that position that I played with right. or played against. When they go backside, man, they chasing that thing down, and that dude is getting him at the line of scrimmage or slightly above the line of scrimmage. Yeah. But it, it's not being gashed. When I watch Simeon Rice come from the backside, he's going to get him. When I, when I played against people like Cornelius Bennett and Derek Thomas, they coming down the line and going, they're not sitting there looking, being a pile inspector yeah. or a JOP. A JOP is a jump on the pile guy. Yeah. You got to have a jump and on they, the pile. No, to get the and assist. They definitely That's not it. not going to be a passenger on, on, and getting drugged down a the field passenger. five yards. Well like, said. Uh, uh, passenger. But I agree. If you talk about the defensive player of the year list, which I, which is why I always found it odd that they included him, at least this year. Last year, he had a, he rightfully deserved to be there. Yeah. He was playing outstanding. He was making a tremendous impact. This year, if you talk about Miles Garrett, you talk about T.J. Watt, yep. you talk about um, Max Crosby, yep. you run the ball at them, it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem. You, 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 you don't double team or chip them, it's going to be a problem, and they're going to blow the play up. You talk about even Khalil Mack, who's having a career year. You run the ball at him, it's going to be a problem. You one-on-one, you, -on -one, it's going to be a problem. They're going to get to the quarterback. And so you can't have that kind of glaring weakness in your game where they say, hey, what's his weakness? Well, just run the ball at him. It's like, wait, see what? And he's a defensive player of the year candidate. It's hard oh. to see that and that be your weakness. You've got to find a way to correct that. And, I mean, it's a size, kind of a size thing because he's an undersized in, but yeah. I mean, that can't be your weakness and you win defense player year. One of the things that I always say, and you know this, Skip, what I want for Michael Parsons and any player that has this ability that he has, the next level stuff, is that when I go and I put in any tape from any year in any game, I want to see something that makes a difference because sacks ain't everything. Sacks are great. But I want to see you pressure the quarterback every single time. I want to see you get in a sack, tackle for loss in every single game. I want to see you do something. Because yep. I can guarantee you, in my 11 years, most if not all of my tape, whether I was catching balls or I was blocking or I was lifting coverages, you was getting 100% every single time despite what people might say. That's just the reality of it. And that's what he has to do in order to quiet the noise. If he doesn't get the sack, put on the motor. Let's go. Let's go get that dude. That's all. That, that, that's impactful. You ain't all, everything ain't got to be a tackle for loss. Everything doesn't have to be a sack. But I'll be damned if you tackling 20 yards down the field and assist. And it ain't really an assist because you're jumping on the pile. Yep. So let's be real here. Okay. You the one who just opened up this can of worms for yourself. He did. We start in the morning. There are going to be other people that's going to finish it on you. We just start. Just one time, I want to see Micah blow up a run play in the backfield. I just don't see that enough. Oh, you want Jadavion Clowney, Michigan? No. You want that play. Michigan, South Carolina, yeah, you, you want that play. Was that a play? Ooh, in the bowl game. Yeah, in the yeah. bowl game. Oh, Lord have mercy. Yeah, I just want one of those.